dear listeners, welcome to Psychiatria, the show where we explore true healing and everything that might mean. I am Danny, your host, guide, and fellow human on this journey. And today I am talking with Dr. Melanie Young. She is a licensed psychologist and certified brain spotting therapist. She also teaches other practitioners how to do brain spotting with their clients, and she is just full of a wealth of knowledge and enthusiasm and passion for brain spotting. And if you're wondering, what the heck is brain spotting? Well, that is exactly the question that we are going to answer today. We describe what brain spotting is how it works in the brain, what a brain spotting session can look like, and how you might be able to apply it in your own life. I've had some really incredible experiences with brain spotting in my own journey, uh, with my own therapist, my own work, my own growth, and it's a practice and a tool that I have a lot of faith in and a lot of appreciation and a lot of gratitude for. Uh, It is one of the things that has really changed my life, you know, for, I think that's accurate to say. (laughs) So needless to say, I was so excited to have this conversation with Melanie, and I am even more excited to share it with you. So without further ado, let's get started. Hello, Melanie. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. So listeners, um, Dr. Young is an expert, shall we say, in the practice, the therapy of brain spotting, which is something that I have done and had some really incredible experiences with through my own journey and my own work in therapy. And when I started doing this podcast, I knew that brain spotting was absolutely something that had to be on here. And my therapist was kind enough to connect me with Melanie, who is the one who actually did her brain spotting training. So we are we are really learning from the teachers here. And uh, yeah, I, I would love to give you an opportunity to do a little brief intro of yourself to the listeners. Okay. Well, I am a psychologist in private practice in Boulder, Colorado. And I have been, gosh, in psychology, it feels like forever now. Um, I work with teens and adults and seniors and love watching people heal themselves with support. Uh, It can be truly amazing to just work with individuals. Um, I became really enamored with brain spotting, um, partly because I work a lot with trauma, but also brain spotting works for many, many things. And I, you know, was so amazed by it that I um, decided to become one of the brain spotting trainers and I teach nationally, and it feels like I can spread it even further by teaching other therapists how to use this amazing tool. Um, And I provide consultation, so I help therapists really learn how to use this well. Yeah, wow, that's lovely. So if you don't mind sharing, how did you come across brain spotting? Sure. This was in probably 2007. What happened was there were a couple people that knew about it and started talking about it. And it just, it's just struck me. I was, I I can remember when they said, you know, you think of something and your eyes go a certain way. And it, it just hit me like, oh, there's something to this. 
And so um, one of the therapists was able to get David Grant, who is the founder of Brain Spotting, to come to Boulder, Colorado to teach. And I took the training and never went back. Wow. Um, you know, we did practicums during the training. So I experienced it myself and could just feel how amazing it was and started assisting him the next year at at trainings. And since then it's evolved a lot. Um, but I, I would say it was so profound when I went back to my clients and asked if they were willing to try brain spotting. And when they did, they had such amazing results and just traumas and bad experiences cleared out of their system so quickly. So cool. So you, you got to learn from, yeah, from the founder himself. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. I, uh, I love how you introduced that because that's one of the, it took me a little bit to sort of, I guess, like get on board with it. I remember there mm-hmm. were a few times where I tried it in therapy and I was like, what, like, what is this? She wants me to do this thing where I like look at the end of a, a pointer and blah 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 and and eventually I was like you start to notice right so sort of like the the idea of brain spotting or how we can see it in in everyday life is you know imagine if you're you're having a conversation with somebody and I think we noticed this uh, especially in potentially more challenging or more emotional conversations and the person sort of averts their gaze right like maybe they don't want to look you directly in the eyes um, but their eyes always go to the same spot, you know, maybe it's like always over your, your left shoulder or something like that. Their eyes are going to a brain spot. There is a reason why they look at that spot when they're talking about whatever they're talking about. So with that sort of introduction, let's, let's get into it. Uh, tell us what, what exactly is brain spotting? That's a good question. And Um, It's not easy to answer, but I'll give it a shot. (laughs) Where you look affects how you feel. So if you think about that, if you look to your left or straight ahead or to your right or even up or down, it can feel differently. If you are, say, thinking about something maybe upsetting or something could be exciting. And it can really feel differently. So what we have figured out, and some of this is still theory, um, but what, what we believe brain spotting does is it helps access whatever is being held deeper in the brain so that the person can process it. To access it, we use what we call a brain spot. And a brain spot is a relevant eye position that goes with whatever it is the person is feeling and experiencing in their system. So we access the brain spot and that helps get deeper into the brain where traumas, stresses, bad experiences are held. And that way people can process it, integrate it, maybe form new neural pathways and release it. We think that by staying on the brain spot, it's like holding the file open. So you can really do that processing. Um, It's very different than talk therapy. Talk therapy gets more to what we would call the neocortex or the human part of the brain. Whereas we think brain spotting gets deeper in into the subcortex. And what we've been learning in our field is that, you know, generally people come to therapy because they feel dysregulated, even if they don't know quite what that means. And we want to access the parts of the brain that help regulate the nervous system. So that is what brain spotting does, rather than if you think of the human part of the brain, it is harder to regulate your system with it. Mm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So 
I remember one of the ways that my therapist explained it to me in in the beginning was that, you know, we have this this deep the deep part of our brain, right? The subcortex, the reptilian brain it sometimes is called the midbrain. Um and that part of our brain doesn't have words. You know, it doesn't it doesn't speak in words. So it's really hard to uh, kind of get in, get into that per se with talk therapy, right? Because we're using words. That's the like primary mode there. So, uh, I think the idea, one of the ideas with brain spotting is, is to be able to use our eyes, use the like optic nerves to get into that, that space, you know, and be able to, uh, like you say, hold the file open for, for some processing. And uh, my experience has been that it actually, like, it works, and I think a lot of other people, that it works so well with talk therapy, uh, which I want to get to. But um, I want to share this other sort of metaphor that I, I don't know, just sort of came up to me in my own, in my own process with it, is that brain spotting and finding a brain spot and staying with the brain spot in a practice can be kind of like like a deep tissue massage, like working with a muscle knot, you know, so you're sort of say like we all, most of us have them like on our shoulders or on our upper back and maybe you're kind of like feeling around with your fingers or you've got like a massage ball on the wall or something and you're kind of rolling around um, and then you like find the spot and you're like, oh, it hurts so good. <laughs> and uh and the way that you help to release that spot is to stay with it, right? You, like, keep the pressure on. Not too much pressure, but, like, just enough. And uh, you kind of breathe into it, and that helps to release whatever tension is there. So, like, with the brain spot, right, your eyes are looking around, and there's a way that the therapist will guide you, you know, in finding those spots. Um, you find a spot that you feel emotions or you feel things or you feel whatever it is that you're working on coming up and then you stay with it and that is sort of the part that helps you know where the work where the work happens so uh let's let's talk about what yeah go ahead yeah i you know you you touched on something that's really important for brain spotting and and what we call it is the dual attunement so you've mm -hmm. got the neurophysiological piece with the brain spot and then working with the subcortex, going wherever it takes you. But you also have the relationship with the therapist. And that's just so important. That helps you have that safe place uh, so you can do the work you need to do. Um, it's, it's like holding the space and, and some guidance, but it's just um, that attunement, right? That makes such a big difference. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's, uh, yeah, where I'd love to go next is to talk about what a brain spotting session can actually look like, mm -hmm. per se. So, you know, you found this therapist that you, you trust and, and all that. And then they say, hey, I want to, I want to try this thing called brain spotting with you. What do you think? Yes. And, you know, it's, it's interesting there's no typical probably therapy session and no typical brain spotting session because there's lots of ways you can use it. But often what happens is people come in and there's talking and we might call that even front loading. That's the, you know, there's definitely talk therapy is a part at the beginning and at the end of the session. Whereas while we're doing the brain spotting, um, there is not much talking typically. So what happens is uh, the client will get in touch with the issue that they want to work on. And it could be anything from a phobia to a trauma to performance issue. And they allow themselves to get activated around it. And once they feel that and they can feel it in their body, often the therapist can even see reflexes in the body. They, The therapist and the client will find the brain spot. And once 
the person's on the brain spot, they just go wherever it takes them. And it's so different than our thinking part of the brain, because sometimes you just have no idea and it can be different connections you never thought were there. It can be like waves where you come in and out, where you're deeper in, and then all of a sudden you may be aware you're in the room again. Um, And then, you know, usually with brain spotting, what we want to do is make sure the person feels more grounded and, and back in their body and more in their neocortex by the end. So we will start, you know, having the person um, get more aware of being in the room and coming back and doing whatever grounding needs to be done. And then there can certainly be some talking at the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is. I love that you pointed out how how unique each session can be. Uh, And that's definitely been my experience. Um, You know, there comes a point where you sort of uh, I, my therapist and I have done it enough at this point where I will be talking about something and she's like, yeah, that brain spot over there is real strong. Uh, and, uh, you know, she'll say like, you, you know, you want to stay there for a little bit and, and see what happens. And usually I will say no, but yes, like, I don't want to, but I, I know that <laughs> this is the thing to do, right? This is why I'm here. Um, and yeah, and then she says just sort of just stay with it. But I want to draw out to this really important somatic element of brain spotting and and that um that's sort of I guess unexpected, we could say. Uh yeah, is that that finding this feeling sensation, you know, memory, trauma, phobia, whatever that you're focusing on. Um finding how that feels in your body and using that as a really significant part of the process. So yeah, let's talk a little bit more about about that piece. Absolutely. That's, that's really good. When you are working or coming up with whatever it is you want to work on, the therapist will ask, where are you feeling that in your body? And it's, it's very significant in the sense it, helps you again, get access into that deeper part of your brain. Um, And sometimes people have trouble feeling it in their body, aren't in touch with their bodies. And that's when the therapist can notice reflexes. So they might be thinking about whatever this issue is, and they start twitching or blinking more or swallowing more. So we definitely watch for that, use it. It is very somatic. Uh, brain spotting is a brain body based approach, and it can involve a lot of uh, somatic. Sometimes outward, you'll see the, the reflexes and sometimes it's more felt internally by the client without it being outward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, hmm. Yeah. So some, something that I just kind of want to bring up too, while we're sort of setting the scene for what brain spotting can look like Um is that sometimes people also use this bilateral music when brain spotting. Um, and I actually, I don't know what the, the rationale behind that is. So I'd love to learn. Okay. Again, uh, some of this is theory uh, because we don't, we would love to have access to um, MRIs so we could really look and see what's happening. And hopefully someday that will happen. But what the understanding is, bilateral means it crosses. So so if you're listening to the music, it goes from one ear to another, and it's crossing both hemispheres. We believe it helps tap into more the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the part of your nervous system that's more calm, uh, which can help people process more easily. It also, there there is a theory that it helps keep the thinking part of the brain busy. 
so that the person can process more deeply. And, and you will see with clients, or you may have noticed with yourself, that when you're deep processing, you don't even hear the music. And usually you just put it on very much in the background. But when you're kind of coming back into the room, you start hearing it again. It's fascinating. It's like it goes in and out as you're processing. Hmm. That is really interesting. Um, yeah, I, I'll just say real quick too, if listeners are curious, like you can find bilateral music on Spotify or Apple, you know, wherever you, if you just search for bilateral music, but it's, yeah, this, like, it'll start on one side of your, your headphones and then it'll kind of slowly fade to the other side. And then it just kind of like rocks, you know, as I'm (laughs) on the zoom call rocking back and forth. (laughs) Um, it, it can yeah. also um, help people focus or some people even use it for sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have definitely, there have been times when like, I'm just going to lay on the couch and I'm going to listen to a few bilateral songs and sort of use it as like a meditative, meditative thing for sure. Um, but yeah, that's interesting, you know, and I guess we could kind of liken it to Sometimes it's nice to have some like soft music on in the background when you're studying or, you know, things where, yeah, our, our thinking, our thinking brain, the, mm-hmm. the cortex likes, likes music, likes to have some background noise. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, there are lots of places we can go from here as we get further into different aspects of brain spotting um and i have some questions but i also want to give you an opportunity if there's anything that you want to mention or or places you want to go um i would just say i want to share what a a client um shared with me after Mm -hmm. doing brain spotting and this was actually on a zoom call so know that it can work not just in person, but when we have to be using telehealth during COVID. Um, She shared after uh, a big session, I'm not shackled to the past like I was. I want to shout it from the mountains. Everyone should do brain spotting. And she's Mm -hmm. given me permission to share that. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Brain spotting is one of those things that once you kind of like once you get into it right once you've done it a few times and you um you are right to go back to like the muscle not analogy once your body and your brain figure out oh when I stay with this bot even though it's really uncomfortable like it feels so much better afterwards um then you're just like I know that's what I need and then like gosh darn it we're gonna do it um brain sweating is totally like that yeah I would say A lot of people say this, and and I've certainly felt it, that it transformed my practice because you see people healing so much more quickly and it's client-led and the client's empowered. And you just see these changes that happen so much more quickly than I've seen in other types of therapy that I've used. And you know, people say this is so weird, but it's a miracle. It's like, well, no, it's not a miracle, but it feels like it. It's science. Yeah, your system knows how yeah. to heal itself with just a little help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, this has been a theme that has come up a few times on this podcast about how we we humans like to uh, make our lives and our problems and things like super complex. And then we think, oh, my goodness, I need this very complex solution and I need to commit to this routine and I need to do this stuff. And like, you know, and then in 15 years, I'll be cured and uh, or I need to, like, sign up for this whatever program and follow this guru or whatever, um, whatever it may be, which are all valid experiences on their own. But oftentimes, it can be so much more simple than that. You know, it's like seemingly complex problems, simple solutions is, you know, I think could be like a secondary tagline for this podcast. <laughs> I like that. Really, like, yeah, it really can be. 
it really can be simple. Um, yeah, so I, I'd like to, to go into the sort of autonomous client-led aspect of, of brain spotting. And I think one of the first ways where I really experienced this, and I guess I'll, I'll speak about my experience first, and then you can tell us what the... Um, what the more technological, you know, the names, the names for what I'm talking about, what they are. Uh, so um, in a particular session with my therapist, I was, I was on a brain spot. I was, you know, focusing on this thing. And I'm not sure if she cued me or if I was just kind of feeling it or whatever, but I, I, I moved, you know, I was sort of like moving along this vertical line. And... um noticing how that fell and ended up sort of realizing that there is the spot at the top where I felt like really good you know like the voice inside my head was like Danny you got this like you're so good like don't worry about any of that other stuff yada 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 there you know like being my cheerleader and um, then at the brain spot at the bottom of the line it was like, oh my God, the world's going to end. Like, I'm so anxious. And just like very, very like dark and light, you know. Um, so what I've sort of learned since then is that this spot at the top is you can call a, a resource spot. So it's this place where you can go that is like, I don't know, is that resource for you? And uh, the spot at the bottom is more of an activating an activation spot where you're feeling a lot of that sensation you're you know I was feeling a lot in my body and in my chest too which is where I mostly feel it um but what I sort of did in that session was I moved back and forth between the two um and I was able to sort of take some of the the resources from the resource spot and like bring it down like bring that feeling down with me to the activation spot and sort of calm that um calm that experience so and i think that's just one example of what this sort of aspect of brain spotting can look like um yeah but yeah yeah, yeah i'm glad you figured that out it's it's really <laughs> helpful um yeah. and and what your therapist was working with you is called double spotting where you're mm. using two different brain spots but sometimes people their nervous system are so dysregulated and things can be just too overwhelming that they can work on, again, their trauma or whatever experience on a resource spot the entire time. So they will find where they feel more calm or grounded in their body and find a brain spot that goes with those more positive or less distressing sensations in their body. They'll go where they feel more grounded and then you can go back to the issue and work on it. Mm. A lot of times people don't need that much resourcing though. And then there's the activation spot, which is where do you feel more charged or, or activated in your body? And you can work from there or like you did, you can use both and, there's many options, and it's one thing I really appreciate about brain spotting is there's ways that people can get more resource so they can tolerate whatever it is they need to work through. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's also one of my favorite things about it, and I think is super cool about brain spotting because it it really allows you to have all of these different pieces and parts right like you can get really into the trauma right you can you can go as deep as you want to go um or as deep as your brain is ready to go you can find that resource spot and you can feel that self-trust like that self-reassurance you can feel that um and then also you have this aspect with the therapist where you can verbally process all of that too um which like sometimes is not part of the process but it you know that option is often there um yeah the versatility of it is really incredible 
Yes, some people process very quietly while they're in it. And some people are more verbal. It's fascinating. And there have been times when I've done my own brain spotting and was more talkative and other times where it it like pulled me out of it when I talked. But then I might want to talk about it, you know, at the end of the session or or the following week as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one thing that I've my therapist has reminded me about several times. So she's like, just notice, you know, what happens over the next week or two um with your brain sweating so uh and that you know is another another unique aspect to this that it, it will sort of do its work in the background over time um so yeah let's talk about that yeah it's it's amazing because it keeps on keeping on right so one thing it's important to to tell clients is Sometimes you'll keep processing after if you, you know, if you haven't finished a piece in the session. So sometimes people will notice body sensations, dreams, um, thoughts, images, and then it slowly quiets down. So you get so much more done because it's not just in the session. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one way that I've noticed it too is in you know, a lot of the stuff that I've worked through with brain spotting is relational. So when I'm in, you know, I've I've had a brain spotting session and then the next week I'm in a conversation or I'm in some sort of interaction with this person and I can notice how I'm just sort of naturally responding differently or the thoughts and reactions that are are coming up are a little bit different. Or or sometimes it's just that I like have that second to pause and say, oh, like, is this really what I want to do here? Um, so, yeah, so cool. Um, it is so cool. I mean, sometimes <laughs> people don't notice anything's changed and then the therapist will start asking, it's like, oh yeah, I was able to speak in public or I was able, I found a new job and, and they didn't even realize how much things have shifted inside. But when you work through something, it's, it's fascinating because it's like, you can still see it, the memory, if it was a memory, but it's not charged anymore. And things can shift internally. We we think, we hope that it's helping to form new, more healthy, positive neuropathways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it, it sounds like there's there's definitely some research to be done here. But what do we currently know about the neuroscience like that happens with brain spotting? Yeah, so. We're, we're learning more and more about the brain and the eyes and how important the eyes are um, in terms of connecting to the brain. They're actually made, at, eyes are made out of, the, out of the brain's cells. If you think of when we develop it, yeah, it's, it's amazing. They're made out of the same thing. And when you develop it in your first a neural tube and then you know different parts you develop. And so you can almost think of it as brain cells are in the eyes. Um, what, uh, what we believe is, again, the brain spot gives access into the parts of the brain that regulate the nervous system. And those parts of the brain um, are called the agranular isocortex and the allocortex. But you can think of it as the subcortex, the deeper parts of the brain. And we believe it's getting access deeper in. Um, we believe that it's bypassing the neocortical or the human parts of the brain, which are much slower at processing. So if you think of it, there's a lot more neuropathways or a lot, lot more just pathways in the deeper part of the brain going up toward consciousness. And there's less pathways coming down from the neocortex. So we think things are tapping in and it's again through the eyes and through what's called the superior colliculus, which is 
kind of the fast track way from the brain, from the eyes through the optic nerve to the brain. It's the part of the brain that's involved in threat and orienting. And we believe we get access into that with the eyes and with um, where you feel it in your body. That is the um, sensation part and potentially through auditory with the bilateral music. So we can tap in um, into those parts of, of the superior colliculus in the brain. And again, their people can process and um, change things, integrate things and release. So that's, mm. that's a, sort of a very short description. It, it could get too scientific if I kept going. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I majored in behavioral neuroscience in college. So wow. that part of me is like, let's go there. But uh, I think that my listeners would would get lost quickly <laughs> as I, I was, um, I <laughs> had to shift gears a little bit as you were talking. I was like, Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I know what the superior colliculus is. Like that's, I've heard of that. Ah, very good. Uh, yeah. It might take um, us another hour though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe we'll, we'll do a, we'll do a part two technical brain spotting. Uh, <laughs> Well, you know, I will say, um, it, you know, if you think about it in the deeper part of the brain is the amygdala and that part of the brain, you can almost think of as the smoke detector. Mm. And when someone has trauma, it can keep just going off, going off. And what ends up happening is people keep producing cortisol. They keep um, feeling as if the trauma is still in the present. And it's impacting the hippocampus, which is part of the memory system. Um, so what we are trying to do is let the amygdala and those parts of the brain connected know that what they feel like is in the present is now in the past. So the brain can calm down. And um, the other, the other piece is with brain spotting being client led, there is, um, a lot of information going on inside the person. And when we intervene, that is coming from outside and it has so little, little significance compared to all the connections within the brain. And that's why we really want to let the client process within their own system, because us, you know, trying to give advice only goes so far. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There is something that, that you just said, um, I said a few minutes ago that I want to highlight is that the, the cortical part of our brain, the thinking, speaking human part um, is slow. Oh, <laughs> uh, and I guess I, I had never thought about that because I think that most people would, I don't know, humans like to put ourselves on the on the pedestal and be like, we are better than all of the animal kingdom and da 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 da, and like, nah, it takes like if you have that experience of having a sensation a feeling and you're like I just can't like I can't find the words like I know what it feels like but I don't know what to call it or I don't know how to describe it like that is the cortex of your brain being so low <laughs> right and um yeah that's that's a uh I hadn't thought about it that way before it's very interesting well if you if you think of the subcortex that is the part of our brain that goes with survival and deals with threat. It has to work fast. Yeah, and then we can, sense. yeah. And then we can think about it, interpret it later. Right. Yeah. Um, one of the other things along with this too, that I, in my sort of pre-research for this, I, I was watching some videos with uh, David Grant, the founder on the brain spotting website, and they have some nice little kind of like three minute informational deals, which uh, I'll link the website in the show notes. Um, but he talks about how, which you just sort of mentioned, there are so many more connections, so many more pathways going bottom up, like going from that deep part of our brain 
to the cortical, the top part of our brain. Um, and so, so many, so fewer, fewer pathways going from the top down. Um, and if we think about what bottom up and top down usually mean is like top down is thinking, processing, whatever, talking, and then going into the body. So saying like, you know, you can tell yourself, okay, I am going to relax my right hand. Like that is a top down thing. Um, but then we can go bottom up, which I'm finding that a lot of the things I end up talking about, the practices that I end up talking about on this podcast are very bottom up, um, very body first, you know, I think is another way that you can say that is that, okay, you're, you're going to do this thing physically, uh, somatically, and then it's going to come, it's going to come up. You know, then maybe there will be changes in your thoughts. Um, maybe this will make it in the episode. Maybe it won't, but I'm going to bring it up because I think it could be interesting. Is that I've heard some people mention um, that, like, it's a, a philosophy that some therapists use is that if you, I think it's like it's what you do, then you change what you think, then you change how you feel. And I'm not sure if I'm getting that right, but. Um, that sort of like flow or whatever has always been a little confusing to me. Um, and I think that brain spotting may have some things to say about it. Right, right. Well, you can think about something. So, so for example, let's say you're feeling depressed and we've all had those days and you may have a lot of negative thoughts maybe you're beating up on yourself, judging yourself. And your therapist can say to you, well, you know, change your thoughts. Let's work on however thought stop, you know, stopping those negative thoughts. And sometimes that can stick, but sometimes it's just hard when you're in that state to really believe it. You know it logically, you know it in the human part of the brain, but it doesn't feel that way deeper in. And you might mm -hmm. call it your heart, but again, we're, we're talking more subcortical. And that's where the bottom-up therapy can help is you get to that deeper part first and it just shifts naturally. Those As you heal, those thoughts just change on their own a lot of the times. And one of the main tenets in brain spotting is the uncertainty principle. And we just allow the client, we follow them thinking of, we try to think of it as following in the tail of the comet, following the client. And what's so amazing is again, I, you know, I've already said this, but how their system knows how to heal themselves. And it goes that deeper in, and it's not this logical piece. Sometimes it makes no logical sense at all when you're in it. And the poor neocortex is trying to catch up and understand it and doesn't, but things change anyway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That intuitive piece of it um, is so, so huge and so cool. Um, I can say that there have been brain spawning sessions that I've had where, and I am like, I sought out talk therapy when I was 16. Um, so I was like, I am feeling these things and I want to talk about them like this. I will, I will think myself into being better. And so <laughs> very much have made this evolution over my life of understanding and appreciating and like, wow, these bottom up things are, are really where it's at and or you know for me at least and I think yeah. it's a, an important part of the process um for a lot of people you know mm -hmm. is it the only thing no but you know anyway um oh the the intuitive piece uh the neocortex does struggle with that I've definitely felt that sometimes in session where I am sort of going somewhere with with the spot and and noticing some things coming up and I like start to try to say it aloud or be like oh yes I'm I am noticing this this thing is coming up and then like I start to try to find the words and then it like I lose it <laughs> I lose the spot or I lose the sensation I, I lose the the 
the track, you know, and um, yeah, uh, it took me a bit to sort of trust it enough, trust the process enough to not need the words um, and to be able to just sit with it. I remember the first time that I really sat and did brain spotting, like it was this super bizarre thing where my my brain my neocortex was trying so hard to make sense of what was going on that I was like imagining myself in this like bubble like flying around the world you know it was like like my therapist was saying you know see where this takes you and it was my my neocortex was literally taking me to different physical places in my imagination and uh the sense that has changed, but uh, it's funny to reflect on that now. Yeah, and sort of the the ways that the brain <laughs> does. Right. Mm-hmm. So we have um, we've covered some good ground here. I think we have. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else that you want to mention about brain spotting? Um, about you know your experiences with it either i guess personally or with with clients or as a teacher of it you have the three well i i do want to mention that brain spotting can be used for all kinds of issues i've worked with people with chronic pain um you know medical issues um you can use it for performance enhancement and even expansion Uh, Some people use it to get more in touch with whatever their spiritual practices. So I do want to say that. And I think the other thing I want to say is how exciting it is as a teacher, a trainer, to see other therapists get it. And I think it makes us better therapists because we learn to attune differently we learn to follow the client and not always be the ones giving advice, even though sometimes we do give important advice. Um, So I love seeing whether it's my clients or the therapists I teach just catch on and get all excited. And sometimes people might be getting burnt out with their practices and then they get re-inspired seeing these amazing changes in their clients. Mm, Yes. So yes, to all of that, um, brain spotting it truly is one of those things that can be for everybody. Yes. You know, I think there are a number of uh, other, you know, I guess we could put this in the sort of alternative practice bucket. It um, does such a good job of like, like it can fit so well into mainstream things, but like, like really, it is. <laughs> um, not super mainstream so i i like to think at least um but there are there are some things that not everybody's into doing yoga like not everybody is into meditating or can participate in these different practices um but everybody can do brain spotting and you can absolutely do it on your own you know, I think it's it's super beneficial to do it with the therapist, but um, and maybe since we're, I think we're gonna wrap things up here soon. Um, we'll get some resources about self brain spotting and and ways that people can check that out at home if it's something that they're curious about. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely encourage people to just observe. You know. You look around your look around your living room, like wake up in the morning and just kind of see what it feels like to look in different places and uh, notice that. Um, so, yeah. Is there anything you want to leave, leave the listeners with? Um, you know, I think it, you know, I'm glad you brought up self-spotting. It can be really useful. And again, I think overall, if you're doing therapy, you want to be involved with the relationship with the therapist. But self-spotting can be a great tool, especially for finding a resource if you're feeling stressed out. Um, Some people do their own work, but if you 
get dysregulated easily, I would say, wait till you work with a therapist. Um, and other people can do a lot on their own as well. Um, you can find that in the Brain Spotting book by David Grand. They talk about self-spotting in there. Um, so I think those are the main things. But I just, I really appreciate how much it's helped you and that you are wanting to share it and spread it, um, which is why I was excited that you invited me onto your show. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. This is, this is what I live for, you know, trying stuff out, being curious, learning, and then having cool conversations with cool people about it. <laughs> so I'm just glad that I, you know, I get to. Yeah. So thank you so much, Melanie, for being on with me today and having this amazing conversation about brain spotting. So um, I'm really excited to to share this with people. Thank you so much, Danny. It's just, yeah, it's been a pleasure to be with you and, and hear your stories about your work healing. Yes, healing. Well, thank you. I want to take a moment to give a really big thank you to Free Range Psychiatry for making this podcast possible. Free Range Psychiatry is a nonprofit organization and holistic psychiatry practice focused on empowering people to connect to their inner wisdom and heal disease. Our team of holistic psychiatrists sees patients via telehealth all across the country. I am the cosmic coordinator here, meaning that I wear many hats and see all sides of the organization. And I am constantly amazed by the work happening here and the dedication the organization has to true soul healing, both for the people we help and for ourselves. So if you're curious about taking a holistic approach to your mental health, head to our website, freerangepsych.org. There, you can read all about us and schedule a free 15-minute phone consultation with one of our holistic psychiatrists. Well, thank you so much for tuning in, dear listeners. You can find all the links to the things we spoke about in the show notes. If you want to check out Melanie and her website and her work, be sure to check out the show notes for links there. And if you have questions, thoughts, feedback that you want to share with us or ideas for future episodes, please get in touch. You can send me an email at podcast at freerangepsych.org or message me on Instagram at psychiatriapodcast. Remember, if you like what you heard, follow us on your podcatcher of choice and leave us a review. It really helps to spread the word so others can learn about true soul healing. All right, dear listeners, take care, stay curious, and I'll catch you next time.